Hi everyone, I'm Maria Margaglioni, Web and Visual Communications Manager for the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. In our podcast today, we'll be talking about the DBSA I'm Here campaign and ways in which we can connect people living with the mood disorder with their family and loved ones so that nobody feels like they have to go through this journey alone. With us today is Dr. Greg Simon, a psychiatrist and researcher at Group Health Cooperative at the Center for Health Studies in Seattle. His research focuses on improving the quality and availability of mental health services for people living with mood disorders, and he has a specific interest in activating consumers to expect and demand more effective mental health care. Welcome, Dr. Simon, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. I'm certainly happy that DBSA has decided to emphasize this topic as part of the I'm Here campaign. And when we talk with people who live with mood disorders about what matters to them and what makes their lives better, what we hear is not so much about the sort of symptoms or problems that psychiatrists or therapists might think about. People talk about meaningful relationships and finding meaning and enjoyment in their life. And that's really what this program is all about. Thank you so much. Well, you know, we live in a world where connecting with someone is at our fingertips, yet we keep hearing that people are having more and more feelings of loneliness than ever. Throw in a mental health diagnosis and the effects of isolation, that feeling of loneliness heightens to frightening and debilitating levels. Would you mind talking a little bit about uh, the effects of isolation? Well, we know for people who live with a mood disorder that becoming isolated from other people is both cause and effect. And what I mean by that is that people who experience depression or other mood disorders may find it hard to engage with people, lower levels of energy, feeling more discouraged, more likely to sort of focus on negative experiences and harder sometimes to recognize some of the positive experiences. And that can become a real self-reinforcing cycle. The worse you feel, the less you feel like reaching out. The less you reach out, the worse you feel. And it can become a real downward spiral. Um, And we know uh, from research that not only is this sort of a core part of depression and mood disorders, but it's also a core part of recovery from depression and mood disorders. So I'm very excited that this campaign is going to talk not only about sort of what an important issue that is, but some specific things people might do to reverse that. So the DBSA I'm Here campaign was born out of hearing people's accounts of loneliness and desperation. So in your experience in working with people living with a mental health condition, why is it helpful to connect with other people? We know that that sort of cycle of loneliness and feeling more discouraged and depressed can be reversed. And if you look at research on psychotherapy or counseling approaches for depression, this is at the core of many of them. You can look at sort of the jargon terms or brand names that doctors or therapists use when they talk about interpersonal therapy or behavioral activation therapy or cognitive and behavioral therapy or even dialectical behavior therapy. That's sort of the uh, the alphabet soup of the DBT and CBT and BA that therapists and doctors talk about. But this idea about connecting with other people is at the core of many of them. And and what we know is that it is difficult but really important, and there are specific things that people can do to make those connections more likely to to take hold and make those connections more likely to stick. Okay, so for people that that don't have that natural system of support, you know, family and and friends, how how do they find that? Well, it's... 
the advice we would give about that is, is first of all, recognizing that need, that that's such a basic human need uh, to be connected with other people, to feel supported by other people. Um, and then to think about all the various sort of diverse and possible sources of support. To use some of the jargon terms that we use, we may talk about uh, um, the sort of instrumental support, the specific kinds of help that people might give, or the more social or interpersonal support, the feeling of relationship and the feeling of belonging. So to move from that jargon into some specific things, if you think about the people in your life who you rely on, there may be some people who are better at helping with specific things. Somebody to give you a ride somewhere. Um, somebody to call you and make sure that you get up on a morning when you have something important to do. Those people are the people who can provide the sort of doing support. There may be other people where their thing is not so much the doing, their thing is just the being with, the companionship. Someone you can call or someone you just want to be with when you're going through a hard time. All of us have our own strengths as both people who are looking for support and people who are providing support. So thinking about the people in your life and what they might be able to do one of the hard steps is to make a specific request, to say to somebody, could you help me with this? It may be easier if that request starts with, this is something I know you're good at, or this is something you've helped with me before. Nice to start with the thank you before the ask, can you help me again? Now, what you will find, no doubt, is that when you ask, most people are happy to be asked, and might ask you back. And what we know, from our experience with programs that try to encourage people to do this is that sort of mutual support, both the asking for help and the feeling that you're able to offer help is, is really important. That mutual help, of course, is at the core of a lot of DBSA's work about peer support because peer support is all about those mutually helping relationships. That brings up uh, my next question. When we see friends and loved ones struggling on their journeys, we're often apprehensive about reaching out to the person. Do you have suggestions for friends and loved ones on how to connect and start that conversation? When you see someone you care about struggling or being more isolated, all of us have a natural feeling of wanting to help. But sometimes the way we might uh, try to help or the first things we might say are not always felt as helpful. I think we do know some things about ways to, to start that conversation or ways to initiate that help that, that feel better and, and feel like they're more helpful. Um, the most important, of course, is to acknowledge the place that you are coming from. When you see someone you care about struggling, you're coming from a place of concern. Um, if you want to express concern, it's always best to start with something specific that you see that concerns you. You know, that what we say is, say what you see without trying to put a lot of certainly criticism or even judgment or evaluation on it. And certainly avoid any kind of medical or diagnostic terms. So not so much to say, you look like you're getting really depressed again, but more to say, I notice that you aren't getting out as much, or I notice that when we call you, you don't tend to pick up or answer the phone or return our messages, and I'm concerned about you. So you say what you see. You don't necessarily evaluate it. And certainly, you want to ask how you can help. Is there something I could do that would help you with this? We know from uh, putting 
uh, in place outreach programs to help people who live with depression and other problems, that sometimes the outreach has to be pretty persistent. Um, people, when you talk to people who've really gone through serious depression, you know, they will often describe the experience of hearing someone call, not answering the phone, the messages piling up, often that feeling they have of, of it's important to them that someone cares and continues to reach out to them, even if they don't necessarily respond. For the person who's trying to do that outreach, they may sometimes wonder, am I, am I doing too much? Am I annoying? Am I irritating? Am I aggravating them? I think that's a pretty rare event that that happens. It can be hard for a, a loved one or friend or family member to, to sort of keep trying when they feel like I'm not making much headway or I'm not getting much feedback. But the more we can just provide the sort of uh, the persistence, that non-judgmental reaching out, the continued open invitation to how could I connect more with you, um, as I say, without with, with trying to avoid any sort of a, you know judgment or certainly any sort of medicalizing or pathologizing about it. Dr. Simon, thank you so much for your time and expertise. I know our listeners will find this information valuable and hopefully give them the courage to reach out when they feel like they're on this road alone. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. Please visit dbsalliance.org slash I'm here to find out more about the campaign and be well.